Let's go ahead and turn in our Bibles to Job chapter 40. Job 40, I don't think I have to refresh your memories on all the horrible things that Job was put through here in his life. The loss of most everything he had possessed, as well as the loss of his own children, happening in under 24 hours. Sudden shock of things uh, that happened. In one day, Job's life had gone from happy-go-lucky to full of misery. Job's demeanor had even fallen to a deep melancholy, and his three horrible friends brought his mood down, to ev- brought his mood down even more. And he started to doubt and even blame God for everything he lost. You know, we can sometimes fall into the same trap. God will test our faith, and we begin to blame God for whatever circumstances we find ourselves in. And many have fallen by the wayside from the testing of their faith, but they forget about God's might. And God here reminds Job of his might and his power over creation by turning his attention to one of God's greatest creations. Those of you that uh, remember, we, uh, I started doing a series uh, in the afternoon services on creation, um, different elements of creation for each of the weeks that, that, that I'm up here. And this week, we're going to turn our attention to the same part of God's creation that he did with Job. And I'm going to start with uh, a couple of quick questions. Did dinosaurs exist? How do you know? The Bible says so. Anyone else? Fossils? Okay. Believe it or not, we do know that they existed. We don't really know that much about them, though. We know, certainly, of course, we've seen the pictures of the scaly reptiles, as you can see up here. Uh, But we don't know... Uh, exactly, uh, uh, exactly that they looked like that. We've never found them with their skin on or their organs intact. There's no possible way to clone them like in the Jurassic Park movies, as entertaining as they are. Even with the fossils and bones we find, how do we know how to put them together? Now, obviously, there's some, like, trial and error, and, of course, you have to use some logic when you're putting them together. But all in all, we don't really know how to do that. The best thing that we can do to find out anything about dinosaurs is to look into what we've seen from history. So before the word dinosaur, which means terrible reptile, was invented by Englishman, pictured here, Sir Richard Owen, the word describing these beasts was, does anybody know? Dragons. Dragons was the original word used. And so for hundreds of years, dragons have been used in stories and folklore around the world. For example, a Sumerian story dating back to 2000 BC, or even earlier, tells of a hero named Gilgamesh, who, when he went to chop down the cedars in a remote forest, encountered a huge, vicious dragon that he slew, cutting off its head as a trophy. When Alexander the Great, in about 300 BC, and his soldiers marched into India, they found that the Indians worshipped huge, hissing reptiles that they kept in caves. China, of course. I don't need to tell you about China. They're, of course, renowned for their dragon stories and dragons being prominent on their pottery, uh, embroidery, and carvings. England, several other cultures, retain the story of St. George, who slew a dragon uh, that lived in a cave. And my personal favorite, the story of Beowulf, uh, talks of of the main heroic figure named Beowulf, facing three evil creatures of which seem to be dragons. If you haven't read the story of Beowulf, I do, I do encourage you to do it. Uh, you might want to find a, a more modern uh, adaptation because it's really hard to read the 
older English, but uh, it, it's, it's a very fun, very great read. So, if we can c- draw the conclusion from these stories that dragons were real, that would also mean that they were created by God. John 1.3 says, All things were made by him, and not, uh, there was not anything made that was made uh, without him, and that includes dragons. And if dragons were real, then they would have been on Noah's Ark. Uh, go ahead and turn, I know I had you turn your Bible to Job chapter uh, 40, but Genesis chapter 6, real quick. It's so simple, and I know we all know this, but again, let me just turn your attention toward this in Genesis chapter 6, uh, verse, eight, uh, verse 18. Uh, if I can find it. There it is. But with thee will I establish my covenant, this is God to Noah, and thou shalt uh, come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee, and of every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort, shalt thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female. Again, if dinosaurs existed, which we've seen that from history here, and we'll look even deeper into history, um, that dragons were real, dinosaurs were real, they would have been on the ark. On top of that, they would have also been exterminated by the flood as well. That's why we find so many fossils of dinosaurs, as well as why we find so many of them with other creatures. So if bones of birds or fossils of bird feathers are found with dinosaur bones, does that mean that uh, dinosaurs were evolving into birds? No, of course not. That just means that they died in the exact same spot um, and were buried uh, at, at, at that point of the flood too, in, the, in that same spot in the flood. So did the flood kill the dinosaurs? Well, yes <laughs> and no. It killed a lot of things, but because Noah brought two of every living thing, all species of animals were saved. And obviously to this day, thousands of years later, we still have most of those animals. Even after the flood, we see that there were dinosaurs that did exist. Go back to Job chapter 40 and the book of Job. Uh, again, like I alluded to earlier, God is here in this particular passage reminding Job of his might. And he points Job's attention to two particular creatures, two particularly large animals. Job chapter 40, verses 15 through 24. We'll go ahead and read that. Make sure I'm on the right slide. Uh, 15 through, uh, through 24. Behold now behemoth, which I made with thee. He eateth grass as an ox. Lo now his strength is in his loins, and his force is in the navel of his belly. He moveth his tail like a cedar. The sinews of his stones are wrapped together. His bones are as strong pieces of brass. His bones are like bars of iron. He is the chief of the ways of God. He that made made him can make his sword to approach unto him. Surely the mountains bring him forth food, where all the beasts of the field play. He lieth under the shady trees in the covert of his reed and fens. The shady trees cover him with their shadow, and willows of the brook compass him about. Behold, he drinketh up a river, and hasteth not. He trusteth that he can draw up Jordan into his mouth. He taketh it with his eyes, his nose pierceth through snares. So a few things to note about this uh, behemoth. Uh, One, that's not necessarily his name. (laughs) That's what we've, of course, been calling him, and it could have just been used as an adjective to describe something that is uh, that's huge, uh, like it's used today. When, when we talk about a behemoth of a thing, we're not saying that it's, you know, that it's the actual behemoth that's in Scripture. We're just comparing it to a large kind of a thing, whatever it may be. Um, so yeah, it could have just been used that way. Maybe that was the name of the, the creature. We don't know. 
Two, we honestly don't really know what this creature was. Now, we can guess based on context clues from the passage, but that doesn't really mean that he was a Brachiosaurus, as many have, have, have believed and as, uh, have illustrated as well. It's certainly possible, uh, but we, again, we don't know that, lo- that much about dinosaurs. We don't even really know the, the different um, uh, classifications of dinosaurs and whatnot. Uh, we're just finding the bones. We, we don't have all their skin intact. Actually, recently there was a, a dinosaur uh, found a couple of years ago with like, um, I, don't, I don't know how all of it works. Somebody who's an actual scientist can probably uh, uh, inform us of this, but um, I guess uh, there was an animal or something that had bit into this, the neck of this dinosaur and when it fossilized, the scales on its neck were left pretty much intact. Um, so we were able to see the scales that were actually on the creature. Um, but uh, again, I, 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 I don't know a lot about the scientific reasoning. I read the article, that was about it. And who knows with the internet these days. But it was very interesting to read uh, and, and to look into that a little bit more. Um, but yes, Brachiosaurus has been the, uh, the, the one that people have, have pointed at. A couple of defining features. Um, first off, well, he, he, he's tall for one thing. Um, I don't know how much shade you could get uh, underneath branches with that tall of a neck, but I don't know. Uh, tail like a cedar. Um, uh, yeah, t- various things like that have, have pointed people towards this dinosaur. Um, now, there is a possibility, I've heard this theorized, um, and uh, I, I might have to look into it more. Uh, this, this was a more recent thing that I kind of discovered. Behemoth could have also been a Tyrannosaurus rex. Again, assuming that that was, uh, that, that, that was the, the kind of creature. And why is the picture not showing? There he is. Um, so there is a possibility that T-rexes were herbivores too, or at, at least they ate vegetation. Now remember, everything that has ever existed was an herbivore in the beginning. <laughs> God did not create animals to eat each other. God did not create humans to eat meat, the, these various things. Um, now, uh, we've, we've always seen them as carnivores thanks to things like Jurassic Park, Land Before Time, those huge scary teeth. Uh, various things have, have kind of led us to believe that they were, that they were carnivores. Um, we don't know exactly what this creature was, but he certainly wasn't an elephant or a hippopotamus. Like, uh, they, for example, they don't have tail like a cedar tree. I've, I've heard somebody argue that, well, an elephant has a trunk that's kind of like a cedar tree. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it has a trunk, yes, but, it does, it, but the size of the trunk is not the size of a cedar tree, unless you've never like, actually stood next to a cedar tree. Um, so yes, uh, I personally do believe that Behemoth was a dragon of some kind, but what type? We don't know. We can theorize it may have been a Brachiosaurus or a Tyrannosaurus Rex. We don't know. Um, now look down at uh, chapter 41, and we'll see, personally, one of my favorite uh, creatures in, in Scripture. Uh, this is, I definitely believe this to be a dragon. Even, even if Behemoth was in question of being a dragon or a dinosaur, Leviathan is certainly uh, uh, a dragon or a dinosaur. So let's look at Job chapter 41. Verse 1, I love this guy. Canst thou draw out Leviathan with a hook, or his tongue with a cord which thou lettest down? Canst thou put a hook into his nose, or bore his jaw through with a thorn? Will he make any supplications unto thee, 
Will he speak soft words unto thee? Will he make a covenant with thee? Wilt thou take him for a servant forever? Wilt thou play with him as, a, as with a bird? Or wilt thou bind him for thy maidens? Shall the companions make a banquet of him? Shall they part him uh, among the merchants? Canst thou fill his skins with barbed irons? Or his head with fish spears? Lay thine hand upon him, remember the battle, do no more. Behold, the hope of him is in vain, and shall, no, and shall not one be cast down even at the sight of him. None is so fierce that dare stir him up. Uh, who then is able to stand before me? Who hath prevailed me that I should repay him? Whatsoever is under the whole heaven is mine. I will not conceal his parts, nor his power, nor his comely proportion. Who can discover the face of his garment? Or who can come to him with his double bridle? Who can open the doors of his face? His, his teeth are terrible round about. His scales are his pride, shut up together as with a closed seal. There's a lot more here about Leviathan than there ever was about Behemoth. Uh, one is so near to another that no air can come between them. They are joined one to another. They stick together that they can be sundered. By his niecings, a light doth shine, and his eyes are like the eyelids of the morning. Out of his mouth go burning lamps, and sparks of fire leapt out, uh, uh, leap out. Out of his nostrils goeth smoke, as out of a seething pot or cauldron. His breath kindleth coals, and his flame goeth out of his mouth. In his neck remaineth strength, and sorrow is turned into joy before him. The flakes of his flesh are joined together. They are firm in themselves. They cannot be moved. His heart is as, uh, is as firm as a stone, yea, as hard as a piece of the nether millstone. When he raiseth up himself, the mighty are afraid. By reason of breakings, they purify themselves. The sword of him that layeth at him cannot hold the spear, the dart, nor the habergeon. He esteemeth iron as straw and brass as rotten wood. The arrow cannot make him flee. Sling stones are turned with him into stubble. Darts are counted as stubble. He laugheth at the shaking of a spear. Sharp stones are under him. He, he spreadeth sharp pointed things upon the mire. He maketh the deep <clears throat> excuse me, to boil like a pot. He maketh the sea like a pot of ointment. He maketh a path to shine after him. <clears throat> One would think the deep to be hoary. Upon earth there is not, <clears throat> there is not his like, who is made uh, without fear. He beholdeth all high things. He is a king over all the children of uh, pride. There is a lot here. Um, so let, let's just uh, let, let's look at a couple of things about this, about this guy. Um, so we know for sure that he is a sea dragon. Verse 1. Canst thou draw out Leviathan with a hook, or his tongue with a, with a cord which, let, which thou lettest down? Uh, verse 7, canst thou fill his head with, barb, uh, with barbed irons, or his head with fish spears? So he was some sort of a, a, a creature from the sea, uh, is, is what, we've, what we gathered here. Second, and this is personally my favorite part, uh, he was a fire-breathing dragon. Verse 19, out of his mouth go burning lamps, and sparks of fire leap out. Out of his nostrils goeth smoke, as out of seething pots or cauldrons. His breath kindleth coals, and his flame goeth out of his mouth. Translation, fire-breathing dragon. <laughs> um, fire-breathing dragons were real. Um, we can also see, uh, of course, that, uh, uh, again, going back to the images that people have, have put in our heads and, and minds and the ideas that we've gotten out of uh, whatever literature we might be reading of, for uh, creationism and such, that he could have been um, a uh, plesiosaurus. This is uh, typically when we think of a plesiosaurus, we probably think of the Loch Ness Monster or something like that. Um, now, 
this may be silly, but I want you guys to go with me on this. Um, I, 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 I think, personally, and it's just, it's just something in my imagination that I like to think of. I'm not saying that this is actually what it was or that this is what he actually looked like. Personally, I like to imagine Leviathan as being the uh, inspiration, uh, as it were, for the classic film monster from the 50s and even on into today, Gojira, a.k.a. Godzilla. Now, I don't know if you can, if you can see it, but there, there are certain things that I, that I, that I, I again, I, I love monster movies. I, I love these, these crazy things, and it, it's crazy, but I like to picture Leviathan as being like Godzilla. Um, there, are, uh, there, there are some defining traits. I mean, he is a dinosaur creature. Um, he is large. He swims in water. Um, he also breathes fire. Radioactive fire, but it's fire. <laughs> let's just let's let's just uh, let's put it that way. So again, it seems pretty silly. Uh, it, it's just again, we don't know really what Leviathan was. We guess that it was a plesiosaurus because that's just what we've what we thought of. But I think God, you know, gave us an imagination where we can imagine it to kind of be whatever we want it to be in our heads, as long as you know we're following up with Scripture here. Um, and, uh, and, and I like to think of it as being a Godzilla-like creature. Um, now, Godzilla was actually created by, the, by, their, by his Japanese creators as being like a combination of all their favorite attributes of dinosaurs. Um, so, yeah. Um, overall, no matter what you think, no matter how you like to imagine Leviathan, it wasn't no crocodile. <laughs> um, let's put it this way. Let's look back at the verse here. Canst thou draw out Leviathan with a hook? Um, well, I know a guy named Steve Irwin uh, that could get crocodiles out with a hook. <laughs> I knew a guy named Steve Irwin that could tackle crocodiles, you know? Um, if, if Steve Irwin could restrain crocodiles uh, and Job couldn't restrain Leviathan, then Leviathan wasn't a crocodile. Um, here's another fun interesting fact about this. The book of Job was written after the flood. And that shows us dinosaurs existed after the flood. Now, of course, the, uh, the ever popular question that we all have is what did kill the dinosaurs? Because, yeah, they're not exactly in our backyard. Um, so they're, they're obviously, you know, uh, extinct or on the verge of extinction, there's a good combination of things. Um, first, the flood, of course, changed the earth like we saw in the, the, the last time, if, if anybody remembers that. It felt like so long ago. Um, we, we, we talked about how the flood had, had, of course, changed the earth and, and changed the formation of it. Um, the climate, of course, would become very harder for dinosaurs. Um, I, I know a lot of people like to say that climate change isn't real. It is real, just not in the way some people would have you believe. Uh, the flood was, was kind of a, the, the beginning element of climate change. And, uh, and here, uh, the, the climate, of course, became harder for the dinosaurs. There was also probably a lack of food um, to go around. The 50 or so species that we've categorized, um, supposedly. Disease probably didn't help much, uh, as well as the humans and the other dinosaurs that were trying to eat them, uh, and the other animals, of course. But here's the, here's the real kicker. Uh, it is distinctly possible that dinosaurs aren't extinct. I alluded to that a second ago. We don't know this for certain, but there have been 
tribal people and missionaries uh, in, in certain remote parts of forests uh, that have described abnormally large animals uh, being what we imagine some dinosaurs to look like. So there's a possibility they're not fully extinct yet, um, or they're just, they're, they just live in really nice, hidden, remote places. Um, so yes, most dinosaurs probably extinct, but while they, it's possible they're on the verge of extinction in general. So while it's possible that they're on the verge of extinction, we certainly do not know. But we at least know that the existence of dinosaurs does not disprove God, as many would, have us, would want us to believe. In fact, many Christians struggle with the debate about dinosaurs because they're very hard to debate since we literally don't really know that much about them. And uh, again, if, if you guys don't even remember uh, when, when I was here months ago talking about creation, uh, I, I wanted to show that, uh, that remo uh, uh, the uh, carbon dating and, and things like that that people have tried to do, uh, radioactive isotope dating and stuff like that, uh, that, that, that that's not at all uh, uh, reliable source. Uh, so when people are looking at dinosaurs and they take it to be, uh, to be dated, um, and they say, oh, this was uh, 65 million years old, uh, or you know, somebody else takes the exact same thing and says 20 million years old. It's, it's, not a, it's, it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's a broken system that does not work. Um, so that, that sort of thing doesn't help. But again, Christians, because we don't know much about dinosaurs, um, we, we shrivel and we, 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 we don't really know how to debate something like this. Um, but uh, uh, again, uh, the bone structure and things like that could even be flawed. We, we don't know everything there is to know about dinosaurs like we would, like the, the pictures that we've seen. Of course, we all know, we all think we know enough about dinosaurs. Um, if you've seen the movie Jurassic Park, um, then you think you know about dinosaurs. You've seen Land Before Time. You've seen these, these you know, fun fictional stories, emphasis on the word fictional. Um, you've, you've seen these fun fictional stories. Um, but you don't, we, we, we don't know for sure. Um, and in fact, when we talked about for folklore and, and all these things, um, I, I, again, uh, these stories are fun. Jurassic Park is, is a fun movie. It's fun to run away from the dinosaurs that are trying to eat you. Um, it, it's fun to see, I forgot his name, Littlefoot, the little dinosaur in Land Before Time, like having this grand adventure. It, 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 these, these are fun fictional stories, but they're just that fictional. Uh, recently, a trailer for a movie that I'm very much looking forward to came out, and at the beginning of the trailer, it says, for millions of years. And I thought to myself, well, it doesn't really bother me, considering that this is a movie about robotic aliens from outer space that transform into cars. I don't care. Uh, my, my suspension of disbelief is already gone. You can say whatever you want about millions of years, um, I, and, and I don't care. Again, we have to approach these things, these, these stories of like Jurassic Park and, and, and uh, land before time as fictional stories, entertaining though as they may be. Um, and maybe there are other dinosaur movies and stories out there that are fictional, but I just can't come up with them. But those, those are the two predominant ones I would, I would think. At least they were when I was a kid. But um, uh, so yeah, uh, but, we, but we have seen through ancient folklore, we've seen the, the true, maybe a little fabricated stories. Beowulf, it's never been proven that that was a, a true story. Um, I don't think it ever will be, but uh, you know uh, these these ancient folklore stories that we've gotten, um, honestly, 
probably make me more interested in, in, in seeing these creatures than anything else. Um, I love looking at some of these ancient stories and depictions of giant ferocious beasts that men have to conquer, like Leviathan and Behemoth here. Um, I, I love these movies of these giant dragons, fictional tsunami-causing creatures uh, with radioactive uh, breath. Um, and sometimes it's men with great imaginations, and at other times it's a legit description of something bigger than an elephant and more scary than a hippopotamus. Dragons, like everything else on Earth, was created by, were created by God. They are evidence of his majesty and power, which is something that God was trying to show Job. He was trying to, to help Job see, yeah, you're worried about these things, but there's, there's something much greater than this. I'm in uh, complete control of everything. Uh, again, Job had already started to doubt God. Well, how can you doubt the only thing that could tackle something or restrain something like a Leviathan or a behemoth? Um, it, it, this is the evidence of God's majesty and power. The, the person that created these things to begin with um, is, is showing that to Job. And you know, uh, nowadays, we see the same thing. People are, are, are under their own trials and tribulations, and they blame God. They look to God, and they, they doubt him. They, they, they don't believe him in, in him. But the evidence, thanks to creation, is there. And evolutionists, atheists, Buddhists, Muslims, whoever um, are, are, are looking at the, the evidences of creation and are twisting it and to fit their own little mold, uh, they're wrong. We as believers, of course, need to be vigilant in teaching the truth to those unbelievers. The truth about creation, about the one that is in charge of all of creation. And that's, that's mainly what I wanted to do when discussing, um, in, in discussing creation, is to help us have a better understanding of what we're preaching, of what we're, uh, of what we're trying to go into all the world. And uh, again, creation is, is evidence. Paul even uh, uh, turns to creation. And I talked about that in the, the, the first of these, um, of these, of these uh, messages here, that, um, that, that all of creation is evidence of God. Um, many don't see that. And like Job here, many just need to be shaken up to see the evidence of Almighty God and his power and might over creation. Let's pray and then we'll be dismissed. Heavenly Father, I thank you again for bringing us uh, into your house to study your word and to um, glorify you um, in looking at the creation that you've, that you've given us, in looking at this entire world that you've created um, and the creatures that are in it. Um, and I pray that you'll just allow us to um, allow this to, to proclaim in our hearts that you are mighty and powerful over all of us, um, over all creation, and that we have nothing to fear. Um, and I pray that you'll just uh, allow us to take this with us to um, those uh, out in the world that might not believe in, in the word and believe in your creation, Lord. I pray that you'll just allow us to be strong um, as we continue to study these things and as we look deeper into them. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And you're dismissed.